Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 215, and today is February 7th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, I've been on the road visiting clients, and most recently I had an extended trip to California. What a beautiful state. Every time I go out there, I am just mesmerized by the beauty of the coast. I particularly like that area about halfway between San Francisco and L.A., I think it's St. Louis Obispo area. Wow, just absolutely beautiful. Well, hey, in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the real slump that the consumer products and services sector is in right now. Now, I know we look at the headlines. We see the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500. They're all making all-time highs. But as I said before, if the economy was this good, Donald Trump wouldn't have got elected as president. And when you start looking and peeling back individual sectors within these major indexes, you'll find that a lot of companies have performed extremely poorly over the past month to three months to say the last six months. I want to review some of those today. In fact, it's going to kind of be a lightning round. I'm going to hit a bunch of names that you know, and I want to point out how poorly their stock has performed recently. And again, I'm doing this because I'm trying to show the counter trend that's going on here. Everybody's telling me how great the market is. And then when I point out to them how poorly some major companies are, names that they recognize, they're shocked and surprised. For example, the title of today's episode came from Hanes Brands. Everybody knows Hanes. You know, they're the underwear people. That's the kind of company that is mainstream. It has a well-recognized brand. And hey, everybody needs whitey tighties, right? No matter whether we're in a recession or a depression or a full-blown stock market rally, Everybody needs to buy underwear. And so oftentimes a company like Hanes and similar big name consumer product companies, people flock to them because they're stable. They pay a nice dividend and they're considered to have a stable beta, meaning, you know, they're not going to go up a whole lot, but they're also not going to go down a great deal either. Well, what's going on right now in this consumer products and services sector is really amazing. And I don't hear anybody talking about it. Hanes brand, for example, Hanes underwear. Come on, they've got their panties in a wad. Do you realize their stock price over the past month is down almost 15%? Over the past quarter, since Donald Trump's been elected since the election, the stock's down 18%. And over the last six months, Haynes Brands are down 23%. And this is a stock that isn't necessarily overvalued. Over the past five years, they've had about Oh, six and a half, better than 6% annual compounded growth in sales over the past five years. Now, while that doesn't sound extraordinary, when you hear me bring up the names of some of these other companies that you're very familiar with, they've had much worse sales. And remember, the economy is only growing at maybe about 2%. So to come in with, you know, six and a half, six percent 6% growth in, in top line sales, that's not really that shabby. Not in this low growth environment that we're in. And when it comes to earnings per share, Haynes brands are not losing money. Next year, they're expected to grow earnings eh, close to 10%, you know, double digits. That's certainly in line with where the S&P 500 earnings are projected. Over the past five years, like many companies, because of buybacks and, well, you know, probably a, a lot of balance sheet shenanigans. I won't go into that. But over the past five years, Haynes brand has actually grown the earnings by about 18%. And so with double-digit earnings growth and pretty nice top-line sales revenue, 
in spite of all that, in spite of a good brand name, in spite of a product that people pretty much need, whether it's sunny outside or raining, you know, good times or bad, they need their underwear. And yet this company is down over 23% in the past six months. And you're saying, oh, well, John, well, that's just Hanes brands. I mean, hey, they're old school, right? Now yeah, let's look at some other people in that category. Under Armour, the trendy athletic apparel company, they've been hammered as well. Do you realize that in the past month, Under Armour is down over 30%? Since the election, they're down some 40%. And for the past six months, Under Armour is down almost 55%. This is Under Armour, a brand that Wall Street loves. It's always getting talked up. They have a huge advertising budget. And, you know, it's a well-respected company. Young people love it. And yet, the stock has cratered. When we look at Nike, we see improvement there. Certainly things are not as bad as Under Armour. And in recent months, Nike stock has done better. But you know, Nike in the past six months is down almost 5%. I'm bringing these kind of things up because you're constantly hearing how good the economy is. You're hearing about how the jobs numbers keep improving, how the unemployment rate's going down, how we're at all-time record employment, how consumer confidence is so high. If all these things are true, why isn't it being reflected in these stocks that I'm talking about today? Foot Locker, a, re- a custom uh, specialty retailer, obviously, that sells products like Nike and Under Armour. They had been doing quite well. Uh, many of the specialty retailers had, but even in the past month, they're down close to 4%. And when you look at the more prestigious brands, I mean, if you want to notch it up from Nike, look at Michael Kors, Ralph Lauren, Coach, things like that. There's problems there as well. Ralph Lauren, although doing better in the past month, they're down as much as 14% over the past six months. Michael Kors down over 18% in the last six months. Coach, another brand that's, you know, done a little bit better in the past few months, but still over the previous six months, Coach stock is down 10%. The slump in consumer products and services is hitting across the board. Now, you might have seen the headline that Hasbro Toys is doing so well because of the Star Wars and Transformers, things like that, the Disney characters that Hasbro has the contract for. And while that's true and Hasbro stock has been doing better, but on the other side of that trade, Mattel stock, that's the maker of Barbie dolls, it has absolutely plummeted. It's down 16% in the last month. Over the last six months, it's down some 22%. And things are not just bad for children's toys, but they're not doing so well for adult toys either. If you look at Harley-Davidson, just in the past month, their stock is down about 5% as well. When we look at the retailers, things are even worse. And I know everybody's blaming the problems the retailers are having on the success of online sales, and in particular, the success that Amazon is having with their online retailing. But you would think that in across a wide variety of stores, you'd see at least some niche players performing well. And I'm not seeing that. I mean, a high-quality brand like Nordstrom's, in the past three months since the election, they're down about 14%. Urban Outfitters, a niche retailer, down even worse, down about 19% over the past three months. The Gap, they've been struggling for a while. You know, their demographics with teens is not what it was, but they're down about 10% in the in the past three months. Kohl's and Macy's looked at as more affordable department stores, not doing well either. Over the past quarter, Kohl's is down over 7% and Macy's is down over 13%.
Target is down almost 13% just this month alone. The discount retailers aren't faring much better. Walmart, this is a stock that I own and I've recommended for a long time. They're down about 4% over the past month, as is Dollar Tree. So both of these deep discounting stores not doing well. If you look over to other specialty retailers like the drugstore chains, well, they're doing a little bit better, but not much. Even Walgreens down almost 3% this past month. In the past six months, tractor supply is down over 15%. And in the past month, Whole Foods, you know, which has been struggling, they're down another uh, almost 3.5%. Well, with all the online sales, you're saying that the delivery companies should be doing better, right? Certainly a company like UPS, that they should just be going gangbusters. They're down about 8% so far this month alone. When we hear people talking up the economy and pumping things up, they'll talk about how the millennials are starting to form households, how they're getting employed now, and they're moving out of their parents' basement, and, you know, they're gonna, the, the housing market's gonna be booming. Well, that might be true, but when I look at a stock like Whirlpool, and I see that in the past month, it's down over 7%, I have to believe that people on Wall Street are starting to question some of these premises that they've had about the big expansion that we're going into. If people are going to be buying houses, if millennials are going to be moving into first-time homes, and if the 40- and 50-year-olds are going to be upgrading to larger houses, then appliance manufacturers should be benefiting from that, and you're not seeing that in Whirlpool stock. Let's look at a sector of the auto industry that's direct-to-consumer, and it's considered to be, again, one of these industries that is recession-proof. That's the stores that sell auto parts. So, you know, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, those kind of stores. Well, in bad times, people keep their cars longer, they repair them, so those stores do well. And then even in good times, things still break down, and so those stores generally have stable sales, regardless of what kind of economic conditions we're in. Well, right now, those specialty retailers are not doing well at all. And I don't think that you can blame this on sales that are going to Amazon. AutoZone, O'Reilly Auto Parts, and Advanced Auto Parts all down significantly this month. Down 9% for AutoZone. O'Reilly's down almost 9%. Advanced Auto Parts, eh, they're, they're down close to 7% this month alone. Looking again at a sector that generally is considered to be recession-proof, and this is a, a group of stocks that had performed quite well last year when other things were not doing well, and that's like the, the beverage group, particularly the adult beverage companies, Constellation Brands. They make wines and distillates. Molson's and Coors are, of course, brewers of beer. Um, even looking at the, the soft drink companies, Dr. Pepper, Monster Beverage, they haven't done well. Constellation Brands, a name that people were flocking to because of the dividend and the, and the supposed safety of the alcohol trade over the past year, well, they're down about seven over over seven percent, over seven and a half percent in the past six months. In the past three months, Molson's Coors is down almost six percent. Monster Beverage, you know, one of these energy drink companies, they are always coming in and out of fad. Well, in the past three months alone, they're down about seventy percent. If you look at a company that provides more industrial products, things like packaging and containers for these consumer-type products, you know, that's generally a good idea of an advanced warning of where the economy's headed or at least where Wall Street is discounting things. Well, Ball Corporation, this is a company that mostly uh, is is known for making glass jars, but they make a a variety of packaging and containers. They're down nearly 8% over the past six months. In the last month alone, they're down 5%. 
To me, that doesn't fare well for all the excitement we're seeing in the stock market and all the comments that the pundits are saying that the inflationary trade is back on. We're going to get out of this deflationary cycle that, we're, that we've been in. We're going to see commodity prices continuing to rise. Well, I'm just not seeing that when I analyze stocks. I don't want to belabor the point, but I want to hit a couple more of these stocks. Let's just run down a few more names here that everybody's familiar with. Kellogg's, General Mills, and Colgate-Palmolive. Now, these are all household, name-brand, big blue-chip companies that, again, are generally considered to have a very stable beta. They pay a good dividend. People were flocking to these companies for protection and security over the last uh, 18 to 24 months. Those three companies I just mentioned, each of them is down over 11% in the past six months. Also down Clorox, Archer Daniel Midland, and Hormel, but not down nearly as much as uh, Kellogg's General Mills and Colgate-Palmolive. So all those companies I just mentioned, some 35 companies. I picked well-known brands, company names that everybody would recognize. These are all pretty much blue-chip stocks trading on the S&P 500, and their stocks are not doing well. And you're going to say, well, John, you just cherry-picked those names. Well, of course I did. I wanted names that would be impactful so that you would understand what kind of companies I'm talking about. I didn't want to just talk about some obscure company. So I definitely did cherry pick the list. But the performance or the lack of performance isn't something I made up. Those big name companies are not doing well, or at least their stock isn't. Wall Street is discounting the future performance of those companies. And this is happening at the same time that all we keep hearing is that the indexes are hitting all-time highs. Well, how can that be? Well, a lot of the indexes hitting all-time highs has to do with the recovery of two specific sectors. And these two sectors actually happen to be two very important sectors. If you'll go back to many episodes ago, I talked about the only three sectors of the economy that really matter are energy, financials, and technology. Every other sector of the economy plays a supporting role to those three. Over the past couple years, energy has been underperforming, and over the past, you know, eight years to a decade, the financial stocks have been underperforming. Well, recently, we've seen much better improvement in energy stocks and in financial stocks, primarily in, in the banks. Because they had performed so poorly for so long, since they're doing better now, that's helping lift these indexes like the Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500. Even on the small cap side, Go over and look at the Russell 2000 and look at how many financial institutions make up that Russell 2000 index. You'll be surprised. It's very significant. And so I point all this out because although we're hearing about how great these indexes are performing, when you start peeling away the layers and looking at specific stocks, you'll see that the tide is not rising all boats. You'll often hear me talk about moving averages. Using simple moving averages is one of my favorite ways to identify trends, and it's the foundation of what I use for my technical analysis. Moving averages are so important, particularly the big ones that Wall Street focuses on, and that's the 50-day moving average and the 200-day moving average. I bring this up because usually what we see in a healthy market is when a stock declines down to its 50-day moving average. Institutional investors that believe in that stock and are not emotional and are not panic buyers, they come in at those low levels and they buy those stocks when they're on sale. They buy them at the 50-day moving average. 
And then so consequently, we see stocks fall down to their 50-day moving average, and then they bounce off of that and they go on to make new highs. That's what happens in a healthy stock market rally that is moving upwards. What we see in a declining stock market is stocks go down, they hit their 50-day moving average, and institutional investors don't come in to buy. They don't come in to support that price. They don't do that because they obviously must feel the price is going to go lower. So what's that have to do with today's discussion? Well, yes, the Dow and the NASDAQ and the New York Stock Exchange, they're all at or near all-time highs. True. But if you look at the S&P 500, there are over 200 companies whose stock price is below their 50-day moving average. That means the institutional investors did not come in and support them at that key level. That translates into almost 41% of the companies on the S&P 500 are trading below their 50-day moving average. You're not hearing of that in the headlines. You're just hearing how the S&P 500's hitting record highs. But the truth of the matter is, 41% of those companies listed on that exchange, some 205 stocks, are trading at a steep discount. So there's two ways to look at this. Are these stocks that are trading below their 50-day moving average? Is this a buying opportunity? Are they going to turn around and move up the way we've seen the banking stocks move up and some of the commodity producing companies? Or is this a harbinger and an early warning for bad things to come and we're going to see this market pull off its all-time highs and move back down closer to, say, 2100 on the S&P 500? While I'm watching these individual stocks very closely and I'm attracted especially to some of these underperforming sectors. And right now, I'm not ready to make the call. For now, I'm leaving my portfolio where it is. I'm heavily overweighted in foreign stocks and in other areas where I see value such as healthcare and some very stable blue chip dividend paying stocks. But I'm also keeping a lot of money in cash reserves just in case we get a shock to the system and this market pulls back. My recommendation is be cautious and come on back for the next episode and we'll see how this market develops. Until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best of returns 